because a lot of people are already doing some aspects of the product marketing job at a company which doesn't have that function. So you have to identify those and build relationships with those people because a, they will help you get onboarded really quickly rather than you just, you know, watching those onboarding trainings or uh, reading help articles. So really uh, make friends with those people. And once you have analyzed and prioritized what you are going to do, I think, um, and you have filled a course for uh, PMM, it's called Building a PMM Team. And he talks about creating a product marketing charter, like really uh, stating out this is what product marketing can do at this specific organization. This is how the process would look like. This is how the collaboration would work. So I think that's the kind of model that I follow to get that collaboration going on with other teams until I can get like more resources. Welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance and hosted by me, Mark Cassini. Product Marketing Manager at Jobber. Every two weeks, I pull insights from some of the world's most talented product marketers who uncover the secret sauce of successful product marketing. In this episode, for the first time, I have the pleasure of chatting with not one, but two fantastic guests. Studi Dutt, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Compass Digital, and Kevin Chan, Director of Product Marketing at Fleetio. Studi is leading their product marketing function for Compass Digital, a company supporting emerging tech solutions for North America's leading food and support services companies. Her expertise includes product roadmaps, strategy, positioning, customer segmentation, and GTM strategies with a human-centric approach. Kevin is a curious creator of high-performing teams, delivering go-to-market excellence with accessible positioning. He specializes in developing marketing foundations for B2B tech companies through leadership, go-to-market strategy, messaging, market intelligence, and customer lifecycle marketing advocacy. During our chat, Studi, Kevin, and I explore what it takes to not just survive, but excel as a product marketer both as a solo PMM or as part of a team. Both Studi and Kevin have experience working on their own and as part of a larger product marketing team, so they have a unique perspective on the benefits and challenges of both dynamics. All right, with that out of the way, let's dive in. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Good, how are you doing, Mark? Doing very well, thank you. And I'm also, for the first time, joined by a second guest. Studi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you, Mark? Very good. Excited to have both of you on. Like I said, first time having two guests on the show. So I hope both you and the listeners will bear with me as we navigate this together. Well, we'll dive right into the first question. Uh, it's like how I it's how I like to start all my episodes. Uh, and that's just by asking each of you for a brief overview of your career. So I think we'll start with Kevin, if you wouldn't mind just letting myself and listeners know, uh, you know, where you are today, how you got there and what you're doing. Yeah, sounds great. So um, I started my career actually as a uh, public sector a marketing and communication specialist focused really in on uh, stakeholder and public engagement uh, for large infrastructure projects in like local and regional governments. And so I had the blessed opportunity for a couple of years to actually be the uh, public engagement stakeholder lead for uh, large scale wastewater treatment projects in Vancouver and surrounding regions. And so um, I probably know more than most people about what happens when you flush a toilet. Um, but what, what it really taught me about was uh, the importance of stakeholder engagement. And so in the case of, of the public sector, um, our stakeholders were your constituents, so the citizens um, of a region or, or a city. And so making sure that you know, you're doing your due diligence with regards to understanding personal and business impacts when you're working on like large infrastructure projects. Um, I think that for me was really what like opened the door and exposed me to that way of working and like understanding the value of, of, of strong stakeholder um, relationships, both internally and externally. 
um, dabbled in that area for for a number of years, and then I, I moved over into technology, um, actually more under sort of like the general marketing umbrella for a while, being the head of marketing for um, a couple startups before deciding to investigate more specifically what product marketing was and um, and sort of like what my transferable skills were uh, in that regard. Um, so with sort of wearing the general jack of all trades marketing hat for a number of years. And then I was uh, very lucky to eventually leverage my soft skills um, in, in leadership and stakeholder management to actually find a, a good fit at Hootsuite as a manager of product marketing. And so there, that's actually where I met Studi and, and where we, we started our friendship. And, um, and since then, I've, I've gone on and been a DMM consultant for a number of clients, largely in regulated industries, sort of playing off my public sector experience again. So um, consulting with clients in government tech, health tech, fintech, um, and also been a solo PMM recently for a health tech company. And uh, most recently, I'm, I'm now the director of product marketing at Fleetio, uh, a fleet management software company, and I've uh, been here for Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, quite the journey for sure. Not often we get to speak with individuals who come from the public sector and then find their way into the private sector and, and find you know such a great transfer of skills. So thanks for sharing that. I think it provides a good roadmap for anybody looking to make the same uh, jump themselves. So that's awesome. Sudi, how about yourself? Yeah, so for me, it's a bit different than Kevin. I've always been in product marketing. So overall, around eight years of experience, although I did started in sales, did that for three months, and then I was like, uh, maybe not for me, but um, I have worked mostly with uh, startup techs uh, in London, UK, and a bit in India, but mostly uh, the entire uh, five years in, in Canada from different um, SaaS products like CRM, AI products in the healthcare sector before AI was, you know, cool and being integrated into products, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, at Hootsuite, um, I got the opportunity to again like work with uh, Kevin. We had a very established uh, product marketing team. Got to work with our um, technology partners like TikTok, Meta, YouTube, uh, Microsoft Teams, and Slack. Basically, everything that integrated with the products that I own. And recently, I'm actually leading the product marketing function for Compass Digital, which is the technical arm of Compass Group. They are the world leading food and support services uh, company across the business sectors, um, the hospital industry, and healthcare, um, uh, higher education as well. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Really illustrative of the different and winding paths one can take in, into product marketing. Um, yeah. Obviously, Kevin, you've got a bit of a divergent path. Stuti, you're more of a direct path into product marketing. Uh, so I, I think it's, again, really illustrative of all the ways uh, someone can find themselves in the role, which I personally find so exciting about not only working with other product marketers, but chatting with them uh, you know, as part of host of the show. So again, I think one of the other exciting elements of chatting with product marketers from these different divergent backgrounds is hearing why they chose product marketing. I think you both did a fantastic job explaining the, the how you got into product marketing, but I'd love to hear from each of you the reasons and, and we can see kind of where those reasons diverge or where they uh, cross. So Studi, we'll start with you this time, if you wouldn't mind letting us know, you know, what led you to product marketing and why have you decided to stick with it for so long? Yeah, so like I just mentioned, I started as, uh, you know, a salesperson for this events and training company. 
company back in the uh, back in, U- in the UK, and they used to produce this big events for the tech companies. So think about big data, DevOps, AI, GDPR was really hot back then. Um, and they wanted to create a new product line, which is more personalized uh, workshops for companies like um, Capgemini, Sojeti, BBC around these topics. So I was like, I'll work on this. And while I was working on it from start to finish, um, A, it was highly strategic, and B, I got to work with our uh, sales teams, marketing team, finance team, even the legal team, and interviewed, got to interview customers more closely. And I was like, this is really exciting because this is, you know, not only strategic, but also very cross-functional. So like any 21-year-old, I Googled what this means, uh, you know, learned about product marketing, and I was like, this is it. This is something that excites me that, you know, I will always be excited about whether it's five years from now, 10 or 15 years from now. And I think being in the field for the past eight years working on, you know, different companies, product marketing is very different uh, at each company. There's just so much, you know, to learn, um, so much value to add. So I think it's a very exciting field. And that's why, you know, I, I just love what I do and I'm in product marketing. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that overview. Yeah. And and I like that comment about how product marketing can be so different depending on where or really sometimes when you find yourselves at an organization. Uh, It's almost like we are the definition of being a shapeshifter. Like we mold to the needs of the org and the teams that we support. And those needs can vary dramatically depending on company, the industry, the maturity of the business, what stage that business is in their their overall growth. So I think, yeah, you're, you're spot on in that aspect of things. Awesome. Kevin, over to you. Why product marketing? Yeah, yeah Mark. I, I like what you said there about um, like the shape-shifting mindset. I think that's a little bit of what appealed to me from the product marketing point of view. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I've been a former jack-of-all-trades marketer for, for many years before I moved specifically into product marketing. And uh, it was when I was in the public sector exploring what like a jump into the tech industry would look like for me that I kept seeing the word product marketing pop up and up and up again in, in different job descriptions or you know, like the different specifications that could happen in 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 a, in a marketing or product related function to do with tech, and uh, you know, the the more I was digging into the definition of product marketing, seeing the job descriptions, talking to different folks, um, actually, you know, through the product marketing alliance as well, when I was really trying to discover what you know what what it was, um, it really kept coming back to me that it was uh, it almost felt like a little bit of a mindset, and what I mean by that is. Um, I just kept seeing a lot of like natural correlation between to me what makes a good marketer full stop and what makes a good product marketer. You need to, you know, when you, if you're even if you're a social media marketer, you're a brand marketer, demand gen marketer, you 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 need to know, you know, your your personas that you're going to be reaching out to with all your inter- different integrated marketing campaigns. You you know, you need to know who your competition is and you know differentiation between you and them. You you need to know obviously the the value of your product and and how to bring that appropriately to the channels in which you're, you're marketing through. And so I saw that, um, that, that mindset shift for me and how I wanted to sort of get, get from point A to point B, um, with sort of like my, my natural curiosity and desire to work really cross-functionally in a single role, sort of like how I did as a public engagement stakeholder in the public sector. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes even when I'm talking to aspiring product marketers today, um, that's also the same commonality that I hear from a lot of them about like, oh, you know, I was reading the job description. And one of the things that it felt like to me was I've been thinking about these things all along, 
and it's less about like the output, but more about that mindset. And so I think that, you know, before you do anything meaningful, whether that's a product marketing, marketing in general, whatever that might be, um, you need to know, you know, your product, your market and your customer. And I think that's really where it intersects for me in product marketing and uh, has made it a lot of fun. For me. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, I think what I like the most about how you frame that is in relation to other marketing disciplines. I find that whether it's demand gem, whether it's content, whether it's, you know, insert discipline within marketing here, those disciplines tend to be more channel and funnel focused. Whereas I think product marketing provides a much more holistic view of the way the marketing can support, you know, across the entire organization. So step taking a step beyond the funnel, beyond the um, the channel to think strategically about how we can support success across the biz. And I, I agree with you that that's definitely a big part of the appeal. I think what both of you have shared definitely aligns with, I'm sure many of our listeners reasons for getting into product marketing or wanting to get into product marketing. And I definitely felt some alignment myself personally, um, which is great. So thanks for sharing both, both of you. Uh, well, let's shift gears ever so slightly and dive into the topic at hand today. And it's this idea of kind of the, the differences and similarities between being a solo PMM and being a PMM as part of an established team. It sounds like both of you have had those experiences, which I which I uh, have as well. So I'm sure we'll have a great discussion. Um, but I think this will be really helpful for someone maybe considering their next opportunity, whether they themselves want to be a solo PMM, whether they want to explore joining an existing team, and what the dynamics and differences between those two experiences are. So I'm excited to dive in. So to do that, we'll start with Kevin. I'll ask you, in your experience, what has been the difference between being a solo product marketer and being a product marketer as part of an established team? What are the summer, what, excuse me, what are some of the pros and cons of each? Mm -hmm. So I'll start with being a, a solo, solo product marketer. Um, I think when, when it comes to the pros of, of, of being a, a solo PMM in an organization, uh, I think in many ways you, you know, it's just you, you end up working a lot more cross-functionally. Um, I, I like to use like the metaphor sometimes, and I, you know, pulling this from like the messaging house framework of like, you know, how it is a metaphor, but I feel like as a PMM, if you're a solo PMM, you can't do much in your own room, so to speak, before you need to explore the rest of the house, you know, like what's, what's sales doing in their room, what's marketing, you know, the rest of the marketing work doing in theirs, um, you know, it, same with customer success and product. And so I think like your ability to build those relationships a lot faster, being able to test within those teams and find comfortabilities and um, ways to move forward as tighter teams um, tends to be more effective and same with the type of feedback and results that you get with that it tends to be a lot smoother and quicker with the way you can test and iterate. Um, I would say that the con would be definitely, it can get a little bit lonely. And like when you're working with so many different stakeholders and not really being able to tie it back to, um, like a team structure priority or strategy, you can sometimes over index on execution. And so someone can just sort of see you as like an, like an input output function of what you can do in product marketing versus being able to take a step back more strategically and then have the time and breathing room to react to you know be proactive and, and act accordingly right um and now on the other hand you know when you have it when you when you operate as you know more of a product marketing team um which you know i'm doing currently in fleetio um you you have a lot more reach right like i think when you're talking about the way that you can affect an organization broadly um you have more impact you can drive more change management more effectively as well because there's multiple of you driving home the same message with regards to you know, the strategic output that you can provide to the product marketing team, um, how you are, you know, going to be well-documented in any processes or playbooks. Um, and, and so I think like that aspect of showing your business impact um, as part of a team, you know, you, you obviously just get more hands and so you tend to be able to index further. 
Um, I would say the condo is it's easier to stay in your room. If I'm using that metaphor again, you know, you don't need to um, always be, be talking to stakeholders as actively as if you were a solo PMM. And so sometimes if you're not being careful, you can definitely be removed from the pulse of the other teams and, um, and, and continuously, you know, getting that feedback to really know whether you're aligning properly with your stakeholders and when I think you can, yeah, that, that's definitely the sort of risk uh, from the uh, team format there. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think to build off your home analogy, I think as a solo PMM, you have the power, maybe more so as, as opposed to being part of a larger team, but to call everybody together in the kitchen to collaborate, break bread, share a meal, you know, get, make things happen. Yeah. I like that analogy of when you're part of a group, it's easy to get stuck in your room. Maybe someone's bringing the meals to you and you're necessarily having to go seek that out. I'm sure we could go down this rabbit hole, this analogy much deeper, but, uh, but we won't, we won't, uh, go too far. Um, study anything you'd like to add before we jump to the next question? Yeah, just uh, building on to what Kevin said, I think when you have a more established team, like you do have more of a seat at the table, right? You can show that impact. Uh, and I think showing uh, product marketing's ROI is really, really important. Uh, being able to show the impact is, is, is I, can, I cannot, you know, um, overstate the importance of it. And I think that's something that when Kevin and I were working together at Suite and the rest of the amazing PMMs we had, as a team, we did an amazing job of it. Um, I also did uh, write an article for uh, PMA on the strategies that we implemented. So if anyone wants to check that out. On the um, solo PMM side, I, I think that it's good that more companies are realizing that they do need the product marketing function and it's amazing, but it also comes with lack of understanding and knowledge about product marketing. So I think um, along with the overwhelming uh, full plate that a solo PMM has, the additional thing that they have to take on, and it's very important, is constantly educating everyone in the company about what product marketing is, how they can help so that, you know, we don't end up becoming maybe a content producing um, a machine or just like beautifying the, the, the pitch deck. So I think that's something that I have to constantly do in my role where I'm establishing the function and people don't know uh, about the product marketing function as much as they should. So uh, I would, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy as a solo PMM to get pigeonholed into the areas that you personally excel at. And people can refer to you, as you said, the content person, the, the sales enablement person, the sales deck person. And, you know, once you get into that groove, it's hard to sometimes break out of it. And I think the product marketers or the solo product marketers who are really good at championing the overall value of product marketing don't end up staying solo PMMs for much longer because typically other teams within the org realize the value of having this person brought into their conversations or their initiatives. And there's only one person. So you have teams fighting over that person's time. And that person ultimately says, Hey, we need another me or we need two more me's because I can't be in all these places at once. So that's, I think what, you know, take both your comments a step further, what, what elevates a good product marketer to an excellent product marketer is realizing, Hey, I'm contributing so much value that I actually need more support and resources. I think oftentimes it's easy for product marketers. And I know I'm guilty of this to shy away from asking for help to say like, no, I got it all. You know, we're constant people pleasers. We can do everything, but I think it takes a mature and strong product marketer to realize, Hey, I'm generating value and this is how. Think about how much more value product marketing as a function could generate if there were more of us. Um, so I, I think I think you both kind of touched on that and I just wanted to highlight it. So so thanks for that. Alrighty, so Studi, I'm gonna come back to you for my next question. You know, for those of us who have spent time as uh, you know, a solo PMM, 
I think we've all experienced the feeling of being pulled in a million different directions, tackling different initiatives and asks from teams across the entire org. How have you both navigated this challenge? Yeah, I think I can talk about being the solo PMM because that's the uh, position I'm currently in. So what I did is I think follow the understand, analyze and prioritize method. So I went in, I met with all the cross-functional teams that I know I will be collaborating with and tried to really understand and identify the gaps. One of the best advice I could give is because a lot of people are already doing some aspects of the product marketing job at a company which doesn't have that function. So you have to identify those and build relationship with those people because a, they will help you get onboarded really quickly rather than you just, you know, watching those onboarding trainings or uh, reading help articles. So really uh, make friends with those people. And once you have analyzed and prioritized what you are going to do, I think um, Andrew Hatfield did a course for uh, PMM. It's called Building a PMM Team. And he talks about creating a product marketing charter, like really uh, stating out this is what product marketing can do at this specific organization. This is how the process would look like. This is how the collaboration would work. So I think that's the kind of model that I follow to get that collaboration going on with other teams until I can get like more resources. Yeah, I, I love that idea of a charter. It, it kind of helps not only go from inward to outward to tell the rest of the order what product marketing is, but I think it's also a kind of um, a focusing, forcing action to, to require you to take a step back and realize, okay, based on this analysis of the priorities, where can I as a product marketer drive the most impact and what am I going to be okay deprioritizing or saying no to? Like I, like I just said moments ago, I think generally speaking, most product marketers are people pleasers. So it's very hard for us in general, to say no. And um, I think having that charter to fall back on allows you to sometimes get out of those conversations where you might not want to say no, but you know, you should, you can say, Hey, this is not a priority right now, or this doesn't really fall within our charter at a charter at this point in time. So we're going to hold off on this. Um, and, and I think there's nothing wrong with the charter evolving either. Right. Cause we talked about earlier product marketers needing to be adaptable and shift. Maybe after six, nine, 12 months in the role, you realize the charter needs to change and evolve. It's not a constitution where you have to, you know, have a, a referendum and get everybody involved to make the changes. I think you can make those pretty unilaterally for the most part, but, uh, but you do have to be flexible in that regard. So thanks for sharing that. Kevin, I'll pass over to you. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll just add on to what Judy mentioned with regards to the charter. I think that um, in order to um, like solve the problem at, at the root, at the root cause with regards to being pulled in, in so many different directions through all the different asks and stakeholders through a company, it's really about aligning with your leadership and direct management about like, are you guys seeing the same things the same way? And that'll help you, especially when you're a solo PMM, being that sort of product marketing subject matter expert to be able to have a charter that not only like you can speak to, but that you can have buy-in from, from leadership and being able to like um, manage up that sort of expectation as well. Um, you know, product marketing can sit in a lot of different seats as well. You know, sometimes it's reporting wise, it will sit under the product organization. Sometimes it'll sit under marketing. I've sort of, Seeing both sides of that, sometimes it ends up in some sort of seat kind of in the middle of those two. And I think that um, based on that, that's where the charter sort of evolves, Mark, as you mentioned. Like, are we going to, for for you know for this quarter or for this year, are we going to be in, over-indexing more on the commercialization go-to-market aspect? Or are we going to be over-indexing more on like the product discovery strategy, um, you know, customer market uh, point of view as well? And so I think 
like you guys both mentioned, product marketing can mean so many different things to so many different people. So how can you view the needs through the lens of your organization and what they need in that given point in time? Um, and then finally, yeah, with, with what Studi said around uh, understanding, analyzing, and prioritizing, uh, prioritization is number one. You know, you need to be able to show KMM impact. And uh, what does that impact look like against business objectives, OKRs? What are visible ways that you're saying yes? And, uh, you know, obviously being able to ruthlessly prioritize and say no, no to things as well. So, yeah. yeah. And what I love about what you just said, Kevin, is especially when individuals are evaluating, again, this decision between solo versus joining a team for a new opportunity. I think another element to consider as well is, like you said, where product marketing reports into. Because I think that can oftentimes be more indicative of what the expectations will be for the individual in that role, more so than what you would see in a typical job description, right? I think if you could make the argument that if you're reporting into marketing, if you don't have a distinction between you know, go-to-market versus you know, customer research pricing, um, if it's more a general product marketing role, you might find yourselves being focused more on the funnel and driving awareness and conversion and retention and engagement and focusing on those metrics. Whereas if you're reporting in a product, it's likely you're going to be much more focused on feature adoption, expansion through feature, um, uh, existing features or new in, uh, features, retention through features. So it, it does change. Although I mentioned obviously like expansion and retention in both those instances, where you achieve those or drive those metrics changes depending mm -hmm. on whether you're in marketing or in product. So I think that's an important element to consider. So, so I think that's uh, important for you to highlight. Thank you for that. All right. So Studio, I'm going to come back to you here with the next question. You know, whether you're a solo PMM or a member of a team, you know, I think we both, all three of us, I should say, have touched on how it's very easy for there to be too much work and not enough time. You know, you've got tons of different teams coming to you. Organizational priorities can change across those teams and you can just get pulled in a million different directions. So with that in mind, you know, how do you recommend product marketers seek out product marketing contributions from teams across the org, not just within product marketing? Yeah, I think I like to say you apply the product marketing core principles in understanding your organization because essentially, you know, you're selling, for example, in terms of sales enablement, selling, you know, salespeople these pitch decks or sales stock drive that you build and you want them to use those. So really understanding your target audience, understanding what their pain points are and just going to them is like, you know, I can solve this pain point for you in this way, but I do need help. And I think um, other thing that you could do when you're a solo PMM is like create those templates so that you're not putting 100% effort on them. You're going them with saying, I have this amazing template. I need your expertise. Uh, and this is something that would be valuable to both of us. So I think that's really important. And if it's a larger team, I think what you uh, mentioned sometimes product marketers don't ask for support. I think uh, that shouldn't be the case. You definitely need to ask for support and I can give an example when I was working with Kevin and I was overwhelmed with like multiple different things so you need to build that uh, product marketing culture if you have an established team and go to your team and be like hey I am stretched out to pin where can you know everyone chime in and that's how you work together as a team so I think asking for that if you don't ask you won't get it so I think I, I live by that so yeah yeah, and one thing that I, I I want to highlight that you said that I can't stress enough is the importance of being specific in the ask as well. I know as a product marketer, nothing drives me more crazy when someone comes to me with a, hey, can you review this copy with no definition of like, who's this going out to? When do you need the feedback by? Like nothing drives me more nuts than can you do something, but then no guidance on like, when do you need me to do it? Because that 
helps me prioritize, right? And I think we need to take the same approach when asking for help from others. And that's why I like your suggestion of maybe you go to them with a framework that you've created or a template. So it's just a matter of them filling in the dots or at least some kind of guidelines um, to work within. So they don't feel as though you're having this huge generic ask that could go in any number of different directions. You've really boxed the, the request and they know what they're expected to execute on. Um, and I think what, you know, this whole idea of like what you put, what you put in is get what you get out. That I think sends a signal to that individual or others on that team that when they're going to come to you, you're going to expect the same thing from them. Um, so I really like that suggestion and I wanted to highlight that. So thanks for sharing it. Kevin, over to you. Same question. Yeah. So um, I think if, yeah, whether you're a solo PMM or, you know, you're a member of a team, if you're, uh, if you're needing support from and, and more hands from other parts of the organization, uh, the best way to do it, you know, beyond obviously just having that concise ask as, as you both of you just summed up is really understanding the, um, I think like the cross point or intersection between your priorities and the priorities of, the, of, of, uh, of your stakeholders. I think like when you're thinking about um, even like OKR frameworks, for instance, and how you know teams put, put together these quarterly OKRs, um, there's a lot of instances that I've witnessed where you might put together an OKR and not be aware of a dependency that you might have with regard to how you complete that OKR without the help of you know one of your stakeholders. And so, I I, I think that's where to me there the the biggest gap can normally occur. And so that's why I'm usually a really big fan of um, sort of like what I like to call building in public, where you know when you're working on an OKR, you're working on a really big project, sharing what you're working on, sharing common updates, and then um, sort of building or inspiring enough interest there where others can sort of join in and lend that skill set to you. Um, in organizations that I've been part of where there's an established like enablement function, for instance, there's just so much pro crossover between what an enablement team and a product marketing team can work on. And that's where I think that instead of drawing a line and saying, you know, this is my swim lane, this is your swim lane, um, the best work really happens when there's that cross connectivity point and you're lending each other your unique skill sets to push something singular forward together. Um, and then, once that's done, I think like the final thing is highlighting that type of partnership that's going on within the organization. Um, I think that's really worthwhile, um, especially actually when you're a solo PMM, to build trust in the organization and throughout other teams that you have a strong contribution, but you can be stronger together. And um, as far as like building trust in organizations, I, I always say that sometimes um, the role of a product marketer can be just as much about the journey than the destination itself, because while the output is obviously really important, um, what happens within that journey to build trust is something that can pay dividends, you know, two or three times um, over the future. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and what I really like about this idea that you shared of building in public is it cuts out a lot of the context that it's required before getting into the ask, right? I think we've all been as product marketers approached by another team with the best intentions with this ask, but you have no context as to why that where that ask is coming from, why why you as a product marketer should care, why this should get priority over other things. So I think by proactively building in public, as you suggested, everybody across the org who has some line of sight should know why you're doing it and won't need the 15, 20 minute, 30 minute, you know, context setting meeting as to why this ask is important and why it should be prioritized. So I think that's fantastic advice. Awesome. Um, so we're going to shift gears ever so slightly. And this is uh, a very important topic for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I think in product marketing, because we talked about, you know, fast paced, lots of asks coming in from a lot of different teams, a lot of different directions. Um, it's very easy for a solo PMM, especially 
to kind of put the needs of the broader team or the org ahead of their own needs. And we talk about own needs, you know, something even as important as mental health can sometimes get deprioritized. So I, I want to ask, uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. You know, what are some of the signs that PMM may want to look for that might hint at a need for them to take a step back and focus on their own mental health as a product marketer? Uh, I think my simple answer is you check your work calendar. And so if, if you're over-indexed and you're in like more than, you know, more than 20 or 30 hours of meetings, and I don't know, that's just a number that comes to my mind. You're probably, you know, you're probably over-indexed. You're, you're going to burn out. And so I think that really stems back to, though, trying to be everything to everyone. I think this is kind of like a an underlying theme that we've been talking about um, through, through our conversation today, which is really, um, you know, we, we in product marketing can tend to be people pleasers, as you mentioned, Mark. And so it's really, it is really like on us to watch out for the signs of over-indexing and like not being able to, um, to produce quality work. And you're just trying to produce like so much quantity to satisfy the organization. Um, like we always say, you know, product marketing is very cross-functional, very jack of all trades. And so what I, what I usually like to do to look after my own health at times is build support where I need it. Whether that's, you know, if I'm, if I'm not a solo PMM and I have a team, um, then like looking to see where the expertise is in other areas of my product marketing team to um, deliver on what, you know, what we need to as a team strategically. I think if you're, you know, if you, if you don't have a team in your solo PMM, that's where I think those really close ties with um, the different parts of the organization can come in handy so that way if you can't take it that last mile delivery point to that output, maybe there's someone who can, who can lend a hand if they see, obviously you have those uh, business objectives totally intertwined with regards to, you know, what your North star is um, collectively. And then finally, I think just like saying no, um, just like we um, conduct, you know, uh, market research to understand, you know, like ICPs and being able to say no to certain industries to be able to, you know, capitalize on others and find that opportunity. I think it's the same thing for the projects that we take on. You need to understand, you know, what's really going to move the business. Yeah, absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was, as you were speaking, thinking about this idea of being comfortable saying no. And it's, it's, I think everything that you know, all three of us have talked about into the lead of this question kind of builds on the reason why that's so important and in ways that you can comfortably say no. We talked about the idea of a charter, the idea of building in public, the idea of you know having the priorities clearly de defined gives you outs to say with support no to certain asks, right? Like if someone's coming to you with something, you can say, hey, you know what? Like this isn't really the space that product marketing plays in based on our charter. If you feel strongly that it should be, then let's set aside time to have a separate conversation about that. But for now, I'm going to park this request or, hey, you know what? I've been working on this thing. I've been pretty public and open about it. And I just really don't have the capacity to take on this net new ask because this specific thing I'm building lines up to this priority or this OKR. It gives you the, the fallback, the excuse and the comfort to say no with not feeling like you're just passing someone off. And I think something that I've tried to get better at too, if I can just speak personally for a second is empathizing much like we do with our customers, but the person who's coming with the ask. I think it's important just to say, hey, I understand that for you, this is of critical importance, or this is maybe something that you've been wanting to get done for quite some time. And I hear you and I see how, you know, me saying no could be frustrating and I get that, but here's why I have to say no. And maybe it's not a no forever. It's just a no, not right now, right? Maybe we can pick up this conversation two weeks from now, three weeks from now, next quarter even. And if the person responds that saying like, no, I need it done now, then you say, okay, well, Maybe you should seek out support from this person. And like you alluded to, Kevin, you know, having that support system and seeking out people across the org that can provide that product marketing, you know, extra muscles, even though that's not their core focus, is a great way for you to 
not pass the buck, but but find that additional support or at least find a path forward where you're not the sole driver of the ask, um, which which I think is, is helpful for a lot. Um, Sudhi, to you, same question. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think just to build on what Kevin said, I think having um, either mentors or like your support network who really understands the struggles of product marketing, I think that's really key. Uh, and that becomes really more important if you are a solo PMM. So I, I, I cannot even like mention the number of times I message Kevin and like ask his opinions on something. So it's like really good to have that sort of uh, support at hand. And if you don't have that, I think PMA Slack group is another one where I just go and like, you know, search in the topic I want to have maybe inspiration on or, or seeing like, how different people, PMMs are dealing with it. I think that's really key. And I think um, everyone knows who Jason Oakley is. He put together a post on LinkedIn about having that mindset, especially, you know, do you think yourself as a solo PMM or do you think yourself as a founding PMM? So I think just changing that mindset also really, really helps, you know, balance that mental health aspect of it. Um, so I think those those are my uh, my key points. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And yeah, that framing of founding PMM, I think is so powerful for, for so many reasons. And it's funny you, you brought up Jason, cause I, he had hosted a session today that I, that I attended. Um, and he used that same term. It was the first time I'd ever heard somebody talk about it like that. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty neat. So it's interesting that you're able to tie that in today as well. Um, yeah, I, I think what you said is, is entirely fair. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, sometimes thinking like a, or, 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 not thinking like a, a solo PMM, but being a solo PMM and realizing, you know, I, I can't do it all. Uh, there's no way. There's not enough time in the day. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you a, a weaker PMM or someone who's not good at their job. Um, I think it's important to realize that. And, you know, uh, this, I, this idea around finding a support system. I can't tell you how many uh, one-on-ones I've had with my people leader even today where we spend, you know, 50% of the time just me venting about, things that are frustrating. We all, you know, we all find things about our job that we love and that we, we love a little bit less. And I think it's important, um, you know, if you are leading other PMMs or even if you're a solo PMM to like give yourself and your team the space to, to safely express those frustrations or where things are challenging. And obviously you don't want to get so down the rabbit hole that you're focusing just on the negative and every session becomes a event session because that becomes unproductive. But I think it's important to give yourself the time to like, just get that feeling out there be done with it in a professional way, of course, absolutely. Um, but not carry that baggage with you. Cause that's, that's where I have found again, personally in my career, um, mm-hmm. you know, I care you, you, it's easy to carry so much weight and not feel like you have an outlet. I mean, I'm fortunate that my wife has probably heard me talk about work stuff more than she would care to, but not everybody is in a position where they have someone outside of work to lean on. So it's important to find those people inside that you can go to and just take a minute and just say like, Hey, this is really frustrating or me, you know, it's so-and-so from sales keep asking me for this thing. And I, I can't explain to them how many times I've had to say no, and they just keep asking and it's frustrating. So I think that's an important element that I know I've had to remind myself is just like, just take a step back and let it out for a second. But then once you've done that, get back at the task at hand, work through a solution. Don't just focus on the problems you have to have the, the solution aspect. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was some, some great, uh, some great insight you shared. Sudi. Thank you for that. Awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think, you know, for the first time having two guests on the show, I think we've done pretty well. I appreciate you both sharing your insights and and kind of going back and forth with me and and hearing me out. So thank you so much for that. Um, Before I let you go, though, I'll ask you each kind of the final question. And I'll start with you, Kevin. 
Um, what do you feel is an area or a focus within the realm of product marketing that you think product marketers will have to pay extra attention to, you know, near the end of this year, maybe even early next year, than they wouldn't have had to in previous years? Yeah, this is a really good question. I think um, I've actually had this question asked to me by um, uh, like a, someone that's in like a early career product marketing role. Um, and, you know, a couple other folks that have reached out that have, you know, unfortunately been impact, impacted by uh, layoffs, which is, you know, quite common now, nowadays in tech. And so one of the things that I always sort of, you know, say, and I, I think it sounds simple in practice, hard in execution is making sure that product marketing understands and is, is you know, continuing to align with business. Impact. I think that was like so much of what we can do from like a, a metrics point of view is like, well, PMM is a contributor to this, but not, you know, not the owner of it, whether that's, you know, pipeline uh, acquisition numbers, retention numbers, you know, reducing churn, product adoption, whatever that might be. And so, uh, but what I really think it boils down to is um, making sure that even if you're, you are a contributor, that contribution is felt and documented, making sure that, you know, your work is lettering up to executive level objectives that everyone is able to, uh, to see from a visibility point of view. As an example of this, um, one thing that uh, even you know I'm currently working on with my team at Fleetio is um, is how how our roles and responsibilities lend themselves to things like playbooks and processes. So if we're talking about like um, like a funnel playbook or a go-to-market playbook or a product adoption playbook, like what is product marketing's impact and how do we make sure that we document this against the larger needs and ensure that we're bringing value to those teams with our contributions. And once that's sort of mapped out there, you know I, I think it's a a little bit of like the PMM charter that's sort of come up in our conversation and again and again, which is you can sort of point back to it and say like, this is where you know our team is providing that type of business level impact, and here's how we can like watch it quarter over quarter, you know, seeing the trends emerge, and obviously how we're being proactive to continue to address those needs with regards to our value evidence. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, and I and I couldn't agree with more. It's funny I actually had a conversation with Mark Huber at User Evidence about this exact topic literally yesterday. Uh, and he asked me the same thing. He said, you know, what, what's been top of mind for you within the realm of product marketing? And I said, you know, in seeing this period of, of, of layoffs, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, when, when leaders are at the table talking about where cuts need to be made, typically the teams that can't show a quantifiable impact are the first ones to be let go. And obviously we as product marketers understand the strategic impact product marketing can have that doesn't sometimes show up in the numbers, but we still have to be able to articulate the tangible value we are driving whether it's actively participating in big deals and helping deals close, whether it's driving top of funnel traffic or, or mid funnel, some, you know, some aspect that you can put a number, even if it's rough. Um, we actually had this conversation today at Jobber about how do we quantify you know, feature adoption and the impact that product marketing had on that feature adoption and how that adoption then flows back up into either conversion MRR or an expansion MRR. And we got really in the weeds and it's easy for those conversations to get there. And I think it was a very productive conversation nonetheless, but that's the kind of mindset I think product marketers nowadays are really needing to adopt is even if I have to go through a roundabout way of making these connections, I got to come back with some kind of number. Um, otherwise, you know, not to put a, like a dire spin on things, but like that's ultimately what can be the difference between survival and being out in the market for another opportunity. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that and very topical for, for a lot of reasons, unfortunately. Um, Studi, I'll pass it over to you. Hopefully, we can go in a, a brighter uh, direction with with your uh, your answer here. But uh, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, I mean, like we all have seen how product marketing as a function has gained importance, right? So, in the past two or three years, we are seeing more solo PMM roles coming up. So, I think where the industry is headed is 
understanding the importance of PMM. And I think we share an equal responsibility to educate the companies on, you know, this is what PMM can actually do and be able to showcase that value and then ask for the product marketing team to grow. And I think just talking about it wouldn't really help. It doesn't really help, I would say. Showing it practically actually has a tremendous effect. An example from my a recent experience I can give is I had all those workshops with cross-functional teams of explaining what product marketing is. And they were like, yeah, this is great. This is great. But then I led a business enablement session for a new product launch that we are doing. And everyone was just so amazed and really understood what product marketing is actually capable of. So now I have cross-functional leadership coming up to me. It was like, can you, can you collaborate with us on this? Oh, I need product marketing support. And I was like, yeah. And like taking all this, I can now go back to, you know, uh, my, my, my boss or my directors and be like, okay, you know, people are seeing value in this. This is the proof. Uh, now I can request for more headcounts or like, you know, ask for additional resources. So I think as the product marketing function in the industry is growing, it's like part our responsibility as well to, you know, what Kevin said, build in public, educate people about what product marketing is so that they really understand the strategic value we bring to the table. So, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's that idea of connecting the theory to the practice, right? It's one thing to get in front of the org and say, Hey, this is what product marketing is from a theoretical existential perspective. And these are the core pillars of product marketing. But if you're not able to then actually demonstrate that with actual effect, it falls apart yeah. pretty quickly. So I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Awesome. Well, like I said, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you both coming on together and kind of chatting through, um, you know, the the experiences both of you have had both with solo PMMs and being part of a team. Uh, and I think, you know, one thing that we didn't get to, but I'll, I want to highlight before letting you both go is that, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to say, well, going from a team to a solo PMM or vice versa can feel like a step backwards, depending on your perspective. And I think regardless of where you find yourself in your career, it's more about being clear on what the impact you're driving is and showing results with that impact, because that's ultimately going to be what drives your career forward, um, whether as part of a broader team or independently. So one thing to, to close us on. Um, well, yeah, again, thank you so much. Uh, I'll pass it over to Studi first. If anybody wants to chat with you, um, you know, get in touch with you, ask you questions about your journey, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'm uh, really active in the PMA Slack group or, you know, um, anyone, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm really active there as well. So I'd be, I'm always happy to, you know, talk to people more interested in product marketing or even like product marketers and just like change idea, exchange ideas and learn like what their struggles are, what exciting things they are building on. So, yeah. Awesome. And Kevin, yourself. Yeah, um, LinkedIn's probably the best way. Same with Studi. Um, I am listed as a mentor both on the Product Marketing Alliance's uh, mentorship program as well as through ADP list as well. So you can uh, easily find time and book with me through there if uh, anyone wants to chat. Fantastic. I'm sure you will have at least one person take you up on that offer. So so thank you so much for putting it out there. Awesome. Well, again, I can't thank you both enough and uh, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so much again for your time. Like Thanks, Mark. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer, 
and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to spot to an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.